Autobots Transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode five of season three of Transformers Animated. It is Where Is Thy Sting? This episode was written by Todd Casey, who has never gone camping. And the last <laughs> time on Transformers Animated, the rest of the team was preoccupied with Lugnut and Bulkhead had to turn to the Constructicons with help in rebuilding Sumdac Towers. And in this episode, the Elite Guard is... <laughs> If we're out in space on the Elite Guard ship and Longarm gets on the screen and he wants to know why Dickhead and Jazz are in the Earth sector because all communication with Earth is supposed to go through me. Uh, oh, they Basically, they tell him, look, we haven't found Optimus and Sentinel has a, those ding-dongs, but... They're trying to warn the uh, um, the optimists. They're trying to warn the Autobots of Wasp's approach because these two are trailing Wasp. Mm-hmm. And Jazz has him on the radar or whatever it is, and he's headed for the Autobot base, not trying to get to the Decepticons. And uh, Longarm's like, "Well, were you guys talking to Optimus lately? Because uh, <laughs> reasons." And but nope, it's been a Deca cycle because they get paid five hundred dollars cash every time they use that prefix. And but no, they can't get a signal in because of all that moisture in the atmo. Jazz says, <laughs> so, "Moist." One of the things I like about this series um, is is how they do acknowledge that these cybernetic beings are like ew organics. Even if like Sentinels to the nth degree with it, but even Jazz is like ugh the rain, yeah the moisture. But uh, you notice how Longarm is using Shockwave's voice now. Like before, they were a little bit different, but now it's like he's like fuck it, I'm just talking with one voice. Uh, so we go to Optimus HQ, and Optimus is upset at B. There's a, an opening scene where he's like, "I'm going to use my ninja stuff on you," and he's playing video games. And Optimus is like, "You're supposed to be at the monitor on monitor duty." Yep, this isn't the monitor I meant, and shuts the thing off. But then the security monitors turn red because something Cybertronian is nearby, but the rain is interfering with the scanners, I guess. So they don't know exactly what it is. Yeah, even though it's never interfered with them before. Uh, so Optimus says, hey, B, you get on these monitors. And he had previously said, that's not the monitor I meant. And you investigate the signal while we head out to check the location. And he leaves and B goes, well, he didn't say which monitor, but he just fucking did. <laughs> yes. And this is this is the definitive reason why I can't stand Bumblebee is that right now there's a red alert going on. And he knows this is serious. And he goes, eh, fuck everybody else. I'm going to think of me. Yep, I'm going to go back to playing Ninja Glass. Gladiator, and outside it turns out that what they detected is the elite guard ship. They just landed the thing here in the middle of Detroit, I guess, and Jazz and Deckhead come outside, and Jazz thinks rain is the best thing ever, man. It's like a car, free car wash from the sky, whatever he says. Yeah, they do a really, okay, I do not like this episode at mm. all, <laughs> but the, I do like this moment here where Jazz is kind of enjoys the rain and takes off in it. Um, Sentinel hates it. Uh, he even has a couple lines of, I hate this planet. But as Jazz leaves to go trail Wasp, Sentinel transforms and just spins out. He cannot drive in the rain. Yeah, he can't get any traction on the wet road, so he has to transform back and run. But uh, meanwhile, Bumblebee is still fighting this guy in the stupid game, and he's just punching him in the face when like, all of a sudden a shadow appears on the wall behind him and the power goes out. B assumes somebody turned the light off, and he's like, hey, you can turn it on, guys. And then you hear Wasp. Oh, I I'm going to get you, Bumble. What do you call him? Bumble, Bumble? Bumblebot, I think. Bumblebot, he says. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's here for revenge on the bot that ruined his life. And Bumblebee's like, yeah, hey, yeah, funny story about that. Uh, long arm set us up. Uh, isn't that funny? And he just starts running and tries to get Optimus on the phone, but Wasp shoots him in the back and tells him he was in prison all this time because of him. Yeah, he monologues for a bit as he's like loading this glowing jar into a gun. And then he takes his helmet off. And I guess this was supposed to be like a shock reveal of how scary he looks, but he actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's like a robotic skin 
skull underneath this mask. And then he just fires like Bumblebee's point of view down at the camera and commercial break, I thought. Seemed really early. Okay, I, I wrote question marks over the next two, yeah. So, uh, B wakes up with all the Autobots around him, and, well, it's a freaky Friday. He's yeah. in Wasp's body, and Wasp is in his body. Yep, they did the old switcheroo, and now Wasp, disguised as Bumblebee, is even talking in the third person. Ratchet's like, what's up with your voice? And Prowl points out, why is your mask closed? And uh, Wasp, as Bumblebee, says, oh, that rain must have glitched it shut. Yeah, that's it. Never happened before. <laughs> so, yeah, really. This this poll is where I started to check out because everybody's really, really, really stupid here. Like, nobody once says, hey, B, why are your eyes purple? Yes. <laughs> and and why are you talking? They, they say, hey, you're acting kind of weird. And he's like, ah, uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. And uh, yeah, like you said, can't take my helmet off. And meanwhile, Wasp is sitting there saying, hey, I'm not Wasp. He switched us. And then everybody just goes, okay and they believe wasp in b's form and it's it's insulting to the audience because they think okay this guy's clearly nuts after all that time in prison and they go to put the stasis cuffs on him but he blasts out the lights transforms and escapes yeah they roll out uh, the autobots do to find him and when they get outside they're sentinel and jazz and commercial break again <laughs> and when we come back Sentinel starts with, oh, you think you're so important shit, and Optimus starts to explain that they lost Teletran 1. That's why we haven't been contacting you. But Sentinel interrupts and says that uh, they're after the escaped spy, and Optimus says, oh, you mean the one you just let get away? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Sentinel stumbles over his words for a bit, but then he he tries to... Oh, no, oh, no. then Optimus is like, actually, the spy is long-arm, and Sentinel goes, yeah, do you have any proof? You blah, 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 you're stupid ding-dong, because he's an idiot. <laughs> and he doesn't believe it, and... Optimus says, hey, Bumblebee, tell him what you told me. And Bumblebee goes, eh, I don't know. <laughs> he he has really long arms. <laughs> and yeah, yo, yeah, well, tell him what you know about long arm. He has long arms. Sentinel and Jazz leave. And then Optimus doesn't turn to Bumblebee and say, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah. Because he totally should have said that. He just says they need to find Wasp first before these guys do. So they're going to split up and him and Ratchet leave. And then Bumblebee very clunkily tells bulkhead and prowl like uh, i will stay behind in case he returns uh, yeah he's like wasp will stay no i mean bumblebot no i mean <laughs> b i mean me it's and, and they still stand there and go oh, okay bumblebee and then they drive away <laughs> and now on cybertron Longarm comes in and transforms into shockwave inside his office where at least two of the walls are gigantic windows so you know it's a good thing no one ever looks in <laughs> and he tries to send megatron a message but there's no response but if megatron can hear him he's taking things into his own servos Yes. And back on Earth, Optimus and Ratchet are driving along in the rain, and Optimus is like, Hey, Ratchet, do you think that maybe Bumblebee is actually Wasp? Nah, never mind. <laughs> He's just being spooked by Wasp showing up on Earth, and then two starfighters fly over them and go around the corner. Yeah, Optimus and Ratchet see that, and they're like, Wait, do we have flying auto? Oh, Decepticons! And we then go to B, who's... Oh, this is... <laughs> oh, no, this wasn't the mustard yet. No. Was this the mustard? It's just okay, as bad, yeah, no. though. It's, it's the real Bumblebee, and he's standing under a broken rain gutter, and oh, he's yeah. trying to scrub off the green paint with a sofa cushion. When, again, these two jets just fly in and transform on either end of the alley he's in. For whatever reason, they speak in a really thick Latino accent, and it, uh, why? I thought it was, like, Russian, and plus, they, like, they put the adjectives at the after the noun, like, all the adjectives in the place is wrong kind of thing. Yeah, yeah I thought it was, like, a luchador thing. Anyway, it's stupid, but what one of them has like wind power and the other is firepower and uh, they start to attack B, but Ratchet arrives, stops the firepower guy. 
or girl, I don't know. And B goes flying through the air. Mm-hmm. And Ratchet thinks they lost Wasp, but then these two attack him and Optimus. Yeah, and in this fight, nobody decides to say, I'm an Autobot, which even though... Even though they, they all have Autobot logos. Yeah, they have the Elite <laughs> Guard, whatever. Uh, they, they, they have a big fight, um, and then these two... I want to say they transform into a bigger robot mode, but it's it's like they're two halves. There's an old Astro Boy episode where his little sister learned to split herself in half and become a professional wrestler, and this <laughs> reminds me of that. But yeah, because one of them is literally one. It's like they're split down the middle. One half, yeah, it's is a line down the middle, the yeah. left side and the right side. Yeah, but uh, somehow that makes him taller too after he transforms, <laughs> and he jump kicks Ratchet, but Optimus tackles him into a wall just as Sentinel shows up and says, Trump, look, Trump. Oh. Hey, fellas. What do you got for us today, Lefty? Onions. Onions? Yes. Bosco's onions. The onion that chefs love to love. You're supposed to deliver us Transformers. All right, fellas, I got to level with you. If I don't get rid of all these onions, they're going to break my knees. And who do you think they're going to come after next? Uh, yeah, Bosco, is, uh, isn't that the onion chefs love to love? Uh, th- that's right, Paul. Bosco's is the premier onion brand not involved in any racketeering. And absolutely not responsible for the disappearance of three jurors in the recently dismissed People v. Bosco's case in Kankakee County. That's the one! Bosco's, Bosco's the onion, the onion chefs, chefs love, love, to love to love. Yeah, so these two are, uh, I guess, members of the Elite Guard. Well, we find out that their names are, uh, what are they, uh, Sky? Uh, Jetfire and Jetstorm. Jetfire yeah. and Jetstorm. As Sentinel arrives and he's like, these are my soldiers. Don't you give them orders, Optimus? And he orders them to go find Wasp again. And Ratchet thinks this is just ridiculous. Autobots can't fly, but apparently now they can. And these two were upgraded with specs from Starscream from when they had him prisoner for, what, all the 15 minutes before he escaped? Yeah, and I bet this won't come back to bite them in the ass at all. Uh, we then go to, like, the real Wasp, who is Bumblebee, and he's playing video games. I don't know why he also wants to play video games, whatever. But he finally figures out, I should look at the Autobot files. Yeah, but did you notice in the back of the video game... Uh, in the background, it's Torque from Day of the Machines. <laughs> I did not. Re- okay, that's that's a really cool Easter egg as well. And back with the real Bumblebee, he comes across a hot dog vendor robot, and he's like, oh, that's yellow, and he starts coating himself in mustard because it's yellow, but there's not enough, and he's about to throw this hot dog bot down the road when you see Prowl's voice like, put down the hot dog bot, but then Prowl hits it with a ninja star to knock it out of his hands. <laughs> Yeah, Bulk's there with them. They wind up their attack. Commercial break. And when we come back, uh, real this is a little clever, where real Bumblebee, he's like, hey, Bulk, it's me. Remember when I took the blame for you dropping a tower on Sentinel Prime? Yep, and then we get the quick flashback of that. And Bulkhead just stops his wrecking ball just in the nick of time. And then I'm like, what the hell is this? Bulkhead runs forward with the sounds of a squeaky dog toy, and he picks Bumblebee up in a bear hug, and he will love him and squeeze him and name him George. And- <laughs> yeah. He he lets Prowl know, hey, look, this is B. Nobody else would know that but B. Trust me. Um, and then Jetfo- Jetfire and Jetstorm fly in and right away assume Bulk and Prowl are traitors. Yeah, and they call them the Bulbous One and Cycle Motor. Like, all right. But yeah, Jetfire transforms and basically uses his brother like a surfboard and throws a fireball at them and bulkhead lands on a bus and it gets stuck on his head like okay. <laughs> yeah um the the wait the jet 
Storm is the blue one, um, right? Yep. Okay. Yes. So Jetstorm gets the cuffs on B slash Wasp, um, and there's kind of a neat bit where like Prowl disarms or disables uh, Jetfire for a bit, and Bulkhead just backhands him down the street. Oh yeah. And did you notice right here that it's Jazz standing next to Bumblebee in the shot, and not Jetstorm? I did. But not. back with the other Bottlebots, including Jazz. Ratchet is trying to teach Sentinel how to drive in the rain. Sentinel's like, oh, that's stupid. But Jazz is like, just go with the flow, SP. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what Optimus, he calls him. Optimus, again, is trying to tell him, like, hey, long arms to the spy and Sentinel. Shut up! You're a ding-dong! Um, and then uh, Jetfire and Jetstorm call into Sentinel, and they're like, hey, we found the traitor, and he's with two other traitors. And then Sentinel says, Optimus, I was right! You're all traitors! And honest to God, Paul, I shut the episode off at this point. <laughs> I don't know what else happened, because fuck this episode. So I'm leaving it to you, and I'm probably gonna be in <laughs> awe by the dumbness of what follows. Well, what follows is Optimus is like, man, I'm gonna say this real slow, so even you can understand nobody could be a double agent with Wasp because Wasp isn't a double agent to begin with. And I'm gonna guess Sentinel doesn't believe him. Yeah, well, Optimus transforms back and heads off to get there first, but since Sentinel can't drive in the rain, he has to keep running, but he sends Jazz after him. Yeah, okay. But uh, back with the others, Jetfire tries the wind trick again, but Bulkhead just walks straight through it and smacks him with the wrecking ball. <laughs> but uh, the others get here, and Optimus tells them all to get away from Wasp. He might be innocent, but he still could be dangerous. And again, Bulkhead has, like, the squeaky noises. Like, what the fuck is with that? And he explains how this must be Bumblebee, but Prowl has to clarify it, I guess. But Sentinel gets here and says, all right, arrest everybody. We'll figure it out later. But Optimus points out that this is... This is the real Bumblebee and that the real Wasp must be back at the base. So they all transform and head there to figure it out. At least that's not, you know, a little, that's a little smart of them. <laughs> but back at the base, Wasp is now trying to, they got him in the hot seat, basically interrogating him. And he's trying to convince Sentinel he's the real Bumblebee and he's bringing up all the wacky shenanigans Bumblebee did back in boot camp. And because he's a fucking idiot, it takes Sentinel a little while to remember. Oh, yeah, that did happen. Okay. <sighs> but then the real Bumblebee, who still looks like Wasps, is like, anyone who downloaded our files would know that stuff. And there's only one way to figure out who the real Bumblebee is. I think it's Bulkhead comes up with it. They're going to play oh, Ninja they're play the fucking game. Yep. Oh, fuck off. And Jazz thinks, oh, video games, man, that's awesome. Like, Jazz loves everything. It's one thing I like about this character. Like, humans sure know how to have fun. And the two Jets are like, video games? All right, we get to play the winner. But yeah, they're all set to start. But Wasp knows he can't win. So he just grabs Bumblebee and puts the stinger to his neck. And he says he used to be a good Autobot until Bumblebee fucked him over. But then Bulkhead reminds him, no, you weren't, man. You were an asshole long before that happened. Yeah, he's not wrong. But then Wasp, again, just like Bumblebee did earlier, blasts out the lights, and when they come back on, he and Bumblebee are gone. They get outside, and Bumblebee is lying there on the ground, and Bulkhead just starts beating the shit out of him, because he thinks it's still Wasp. <laughs> but then his mask falls off, and it's Bumblebee's face underneath, and <laughs> okay. now they realize how Wasp did it, like it was a digital paint job and a voice modulator of some stupid shit. And then they finally clue in that Longarm is the Decepticon double agent, which is what Optimus has been trying to tell them all this time. Di sorry, digital paint and a voice? That's like a Scooby-Doo ending. Yes. And all he had to do to scare away the real estate agent was use this electronic paint and a voice alterer. That's a Scooby-Doo plot. But... Back on Cybertron, the jig is up. They all know who Longarm really is now, and Ironhide is looking for him, and he comes into a room and finds Ultra Magnus with his arm blown off. Oh, wow. Who tells Ironhide Shockwave did it, and then he dies. Yeah, is he really dead, though?
It's the Which One is the Real One episode. Every show has one, but we did the Why Not Just Ask Him Something Only He Would Know bit back in G1 and Prime Problem, I think. And they kind of explained that away in this one. But why not send word back to Cybertron that Optimus is convinced that Longarm is a double agent? He was shown to have been telling the truth before when there was no evidence to back him up. At the very least, you could call back to say you'd make contact with Optimus and his team, what with it having been Deca cycles since Cybertron heard from them. Which is exactly the point. Cybertron isn't up to date on what's been going on on Earth. Why else would Optimus make such a serious accusation against Longarm? And as for evidence, why not the same Autobot files that Wasp downloaded to learn everything Bumblebee knows? Surely if they're keeping track of ridiculous shit like Bumblebee's wacky shenanigans when he was in boot camp, things only he would know, then they probably took a minute or two to write down that they watched Longarm transform into Shockwave on the TV in the mine that day, and that an innocent Autobot went to prison. Surely accounts from each of them would be proof enough for Ultra Magnus to at least keep the door locked and be a little more vigilant. And while they've got him on the phone, maybe it'd be a good idea to let him know Megatron and Starscream are zipping and zapping all over the universe inside deactivated Omega Supreme, and at least three Decepticons are still very much alive and well and active on Earth. And oh hey, remember that kid that hangs out with us? Well yeah, now she's a teenage cyborg. Yeah, part Cybertronian. Know anything about that, guys? And where was Sari in the last two episodes? Like, she's sleeping in? I mean, I know she's a teenager. Here we are at the end of another episode of Defenpiss. Where is thy sting, Paul? What is, what is, uh, I did not like it, but I really don't like the which one is the real one episode in any kind of show. But I did like how it did a really good job of making Sentinel Prime look like a fucking idiot. It's a silver lining, I guess. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the episode kind of up until the body swap. B was as annoying as ever, but it was like, OK, we're getting into the A plot of this series again. Mm. Uh, the, the leak guard are arriving, you know, big things are happening. And then, yeah, the body swap. I was like, oh, no. And the moment that they weren't picking up on the very obvious signs that something was up, I, like I said, I started checking out. And I've got to say, my first impression of Jetfire and Jetstorm, even though they're technically combiners, I don't think I'm going to like them. It's just the way they talk. It's it's definitely some kind of a stereotype where like I thought it was a very Eastern European thing, like moose and squirrel kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, they, they, I, I mean, know. they also come off with the ignorance and stupidity of Sentinel. <laughs> they learn from the best (laughs) (laughs) the next episode paul and i are going to review is five servos of doom if you want to see i don't know you know what? Fuck this episode. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. Paul's at I'm at John Sobe. Paul's at P McPherson One. Yeah, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app. Rate us a little higher than we rate at this episode. <laughs> tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. So if you give us a one star rating, that's higher than we rated this episode. <laughs> uh, you can find old episodes, most of which are a good two or three stars, uh, at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode, keep on transforming. See you later. Oh, that's yellow.